Hey everybody, hope you're all keeping well out there. This is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that opening track. That was Survivalist with In Which I Envy. And they have worked with Josh. He has produced and recorded all their stuff so far and has designed some nice lyrical videos as well for their content. Uh, the opening intro was done by Stefan Fraser. And I had the pleasure to talk to Survivalist about their work with Josh. And it is coming up now, courtesy of a Zoom interview I did. Apologies about the sound that kind of comes with the whole package, I suppose. Did the best I could with it anyway. So over to Survivalist and a short interview with them and their relationship with Josh Robinson. Hello, everybody. This is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I am delighted to welcome uh, two members from Survivalist, Taylor and Gavin. How are you, lads? How's it going? Cool. So, ta- so, Taylor, you play uh, bass, and Gav, you're the vocalist. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I'm the bass player. <laughs> ah, yeah, respect, man. We love bass players on this show. I've just only discovered you through Tombs and that you played with Metal to the Masses on because they were raving about you when they came on the show. Was that like kind of maybe your first or second or third gig or had you played much before that? First gig, man. Was it really? Um, we went in with no expectations. We had been practicing for seven to eight months prior and writing uh, at the Attic Studios in Belfast. Okay. And, um, like I said, we went in with no expectations. We literally wanted to go in to play the best show that we could. And we went up, we played with some fantastic bands with Tombs, Elton Grood, Muller Bear, uh, three very good bands, three established bands as well. So Exactly, yeah. All agree a bunch of lads as well. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, all of them, absolutely spot on, really. really. Like, they were all really accommodating the whole time we were there. But we just didn't expect the response that we got from the crowd, especially with the genre mixes, because obviously we are metalcore uh, and they're all very doomy. Um, you've got a lot of sludge mixture and stuff yeah. in there. Uh, and then you've got Mola Bear, who are just really groovy, hard metal, like riffs everywhere. Yeah, big mixture of bags. So we just didn't have high expectations and it was phenomenal. The gig was unbelievable the crowd were fantastic as well yeah um i mean what was the crowd like was it was it was it a big crowd there for you and what 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 did you come on for a second or what way did it pan out third we came on so it is but we did not expect the crowd that we got like especially for our first gig like the amount of people who came out of course there was friends but there was a lot of faces we didn't know yeah and like it was it was amazing like it's for great. our first gig, it was an absolute dream. Like, it's great because I mean, straight straight away, like he converted a shitload of people there that never heard you before. You know, the crowd were incredibly engaged the whole way through the performance as well. Um, we had a lot of people. I like. There's a clip if you watch the live video um, where I actually say, "You all know the words to this song." That's right, yeah. <laughs> and Tom kind of looked at me a little bit bewildered, like. Do they? <laughs> and uh, they did, yeah. They they carried me through the chorus and the whole crowd were singing back to us and it was it was incredible. Yeah. That's really, incredible. Really, really. Especially since like you weren't expecting that as well. I mean, that would really 
confirm yeah. that you're doing something right, lads, wouldn't it? We also got one of our um, one of our friends was there, and he actually got lifted and thrown <laughs> onto the crowd. So we had a crowd <laughs> show. Oh, it's pretty fun. I thought you said he got lifted by the cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right, that was after. <laughs> so um for those that don't know much about G, can you kind of give us an overview on how the band came together? Um maybe maybe you, Taylor, first. And how did you Um See, I've been friends with Gavin for a very, very long time and we've been in a few bands together down the years, but nothing compared to this. Okay. And for for some reason we had spoke for a while. And then he messaged me one day, he was just like, what are you doing? Would you like to be in a band? And I was like, mate, I just got rid of all my guitars there and all. Like, I sold everything. I thought it was done with it. <laughs> so I was like, hold on. And I literally sprinted across to the nearest guitar shop about five minutes back with a bass guitar. It's like, right, let's go. Fuck. So that's how I came into the band. <laughs> okay, over to you, Gav. Yeah, so we started, technically we started back in June 2019. Uh I put a post up on a site called Join My Band saying I was interested in just playing metal. Uh, no specific genre. I listen to pretty much everything from metalcore to death metal to you name it. I listen to it, hardcore, everything. So I wasn't fussed. I just wanted to get back into music. And um, like Taylor said, we've been in bands and stuff before together, but nothing ever kind of went anywhere. Um, so I first got approached by Daryl, uh, the drummer. And he used to be in IC Blind. And uh, Daryl and I chatted for a bit, saying that we would get something going, you know. Uh, we would uh, find other musicians. And then uh, I got messaged by Stu. Uh, Stu's ex Donan Day, along with Tom. Now, Stu had said that Tom was out of the country, but he wanted to come back, and he was uh, looking to obviously write some metal. And... Um, we pretty much went from there. It was we started a WhatsApp group, the four of us, me, Daryl, Stu, and Tom, uh, okay. just got talking. We arranged a meet up one night. We actually went to Tom's Grants, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we um, we started jamming a bit at Tom's Grants. And for myself, it was really strange because I've always been a guitarist in bands. Oh right, okay. Now, I've never been a singer for a band. Uh, I've done a bit of backup vocals and stuff, but I've never been a front man. So this was a, a whole new kettle of fish for me. Um, so yeah, we got together and then Taylor, we asked uh, Taylor to come to the second practice, I think it was. So we were just, uh, we practiced at Tom's once and then we got a room at the attic and we practiced there once and then we realized, you know, we're going to need a bassist here. So then Taylor joined and from there it's pretty much a three. We've just been writing solidly we wrote a load of tunes we didn't think they were good enough uh we then reworked all the tunes and the sounds that we have now and our sound is the result of the hard work from everybody that's in the band now can i interrupt you there um in relation to the style of music um i presume you all are probably a mixed bag predominantly metal lovers, obviously. Um, how did G kind of evolve from those early days to what you have now? In terms of the band? Yes, in terms of the band, yeah. Like the sound, you um, know? We're all, we're all fans of metalcore. We're all in the same wavelength. We like the, all the sort of same influences, you know, 
somebody's blasting a riff, it's like, fuck, yes, that's amazing. But, uh, you know, the kill switch, August Burns Red, As I Lay Dying, that sort of vibe. Yeah. And then, because everyone loves it, like, and, you know, I grew up with, like, really early Kill Switch albums when they came out. Okay. The real inspiration, you know, Metalcore was at its peak when I was really getting into metal. Yeah. So that's always been the music I sort of wanted to play. Mm-hmm. What about you, Gav? Were you kind of happy yeah, with the direction um, it was going, especially as a vocalist as well? Were you looking at um, any particular kind of vocalists, you know, to influence your kind of the way you carry a song? I wasn't fussed on the genre at all. I didn't mind what genre we we ended up with as long as we had something. I really wanted something where I was going to be able to uh, do cleans and screams, uh, specifically with uh cleans I, I like big courses i like melody i like um i like having a catchy hook where people can kind of grab it and sing along to it i like that i like a music where a crowd can engage with it yeah you don't really get a lot of that in in death metal and um you know i love death metal as much as the next person but there's just not that engagement as there is with yeah. the likes of metalcore and other things so tom um Tom would write the majority of the riffs and then uh, Stu and Taylor and Daryl sort of structure them all together. Uh, four guys work together to get everything structured out. And just as they were doing it, it was a natural progression to our sound. There was never anything forced. It was just what was written and what kind of came. We never went in with an agenda. We just went in wanting to make good music. And um, yeah, the sound that we came out with is what we have now. In which I envy was that one of the first songs that you worked on, and did it kind of go through a few different changes? Or I think that was the first. Envy was the first song that we worked on in terms of production, but yeah. was actually one of the later songs that we wrote. Um, we kind of didn't know what song we were going to go in to record when we first went in with Josh, so we practiced and practiced and practiced, and then when we got Envy down. We realized that, you know, this is going to be a song for people to sing along to. It's the big chorus. It opens with a chorus. It's exactly what people are looking for in metalcore. So, um, yeah, we went with Envy uh, mm. as opposed to any of the other tracks. Yeah, and it's a brilliant track as well. Who just, who thought up of the name Survivalist? <laughs> I, I, I was at before my time. <laughs> Survivalist uh, was, it wasn't actually supposed to be the band's name. It was oh. supposed to be a working title. So uh, I was actually in work one day and I used to work for another company that I don't work for anymore, obviously. But I seen a a DVD one day just called Survivalist and that's where the name came from. (laughs) (laughs) It literally came from a DVD front cover, but it was a working title at first and then the more we kind of used it, the more it felt comfortable, if you know what I mean, and the more we referred to the band as Survivalist and it's the, the, the title that, ended up being apt and yeah. uh, especially now with the current climate that we're in. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I think it's a, name. I, I think it's a brilliant name. I really do. And it's one that you'd one that you'd I remember s- straight away as well. Um the t shirts then I'm I'm actually wearing it um for those that um can't visually see what why what we're talking about. Um yeah. The artwork on the back. I couldn't find the person who did that actually. So if you want to give him a shout out on Facebook and stuff, 
whatever, um, because there's no clear artist down who did it, you know? Uh, there's a couple of posts on Instagram and a couple of uh, older posts on our Facebook when we initially got the artwork. Uh. We had actually hired somebody else, but what he came back with wasn't what we wanted. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going with a very old friend of Taylor and I's. Uh, he's actually friends with most of the band. Um, he would be, his name's Grant, uh, okay. Grant Fair. Uh, incredibly, incredibly talented artist. He's currently in a, uh, doing an apprenticeship for uh, Tattoo as well with another friend of mine, Jamie. But yeah, I think moving forward as well, Grant will be the man that we, we use because we gave him a very short time frame. <laughs> he, had very, he didn't have a very long time to get the, the art together. And what he gave to us all was more than what we expected again. Yeah, and yeah. Was, yeah, it's a fantastic design. I love looking at art, especially in metal. It's, um, it's a really important part of a band's image as well, is to yeah. have something that will catch the eye and fair play to him for uh, doing a great job on that you, you have decided on the album name which is seven or is it an album or an ep sorry an album an album yeah, an album. Album. yeah. yeah. how many songs on it you, you needn't give too much away but is there five so or i'll let you guess how many songs are on yeah. <laughs> seven <laughs> yeah that's it class okay Really obvious. <laughs> I, I was trying to outthink you there. I was thinking something to do with the movie Seven Darkness. That's, that's a great show if you've, you've all seen oh, it. Oh, amazing. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. What? Uh, you're too far away from that, uh, from the concept there. So obviously, the movie Seven is based on serial killers and seven deadly sins. Yeah. The, the album, if you think about the names of the tracks that have been released so far, We've mm-hmm. got In Which I Envy, Pride Brings yes, Ruination. Yes, actually. Greed and Upset. Hey, man, did I stumble across <laughs> something there? <laughs> <laughs> Only a few people have actually caught on as well so far. Yeah. So, Fucking hell. Well done, me. I'm delighted with that. I can have a, I'll have another t- <laughs> beer there for that one. <laughs> Josh, um, how did that go- come about? Gav, was you you were the first one to come into contact with Josh about doing it? No, it was Tom. Uh, Tom. So we were all talking about it and we had all kind of settled that we were going to use Josh. We just didn't know when we were going to. And we kind of got to the point where we were ready to record at least one or two tracks, you know. And um, we ended up, Tom just messaged us one night on the group chat and was like, just want to go and record a track. We're like, yeah, get a book. And Tom literally messaged him. And about 10 minutes later, uh, Josh messaged back and said, you know, yeah, 100%, get you in. This is your date. And then um, we just practiced uh, the song that we were going to do solidly pretty much up until then. But the night before, uh, we actually went in to record our first track with him. We were in practicing so that we were obviously ready for the morning after to lay down. And uh, Josh's studio is in the same building as where we practice. Oh, very so handy. So Josh, yep. we were the only metal band in that night. And uh, the other bands were like funk bands and some jazz bands and rock bands and stuff. And then Josh put up a post on the Facebook the night before. He had no idea. And he put up a post on Facebook saying, 
whoever's in the attic studios practicing right now, can you please contact me and get into the studio? And we were all sitting in the, in the practice room laughing our heads off. And uh, eventually, we let, we let the comments and stuff go, and then eventually we messaged them just saying, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> we'll be in the bar. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Brilliant. What did Josh bring to your sound? Just made it sound beefing. Like, that's unbelievable. The, the, the tunes and the... And now, we're, now we've learnt off them what he was recorded, like how to get those tunes. And he just made it, like Gab said earlier, just sound better than what we thought it actually did. Because, you know, when you practice it over and over again, it can get sort of in your mind. It's like, hmm, doesn't sound as good as the first time. When you hear it back recorded for the first time, it's like, wow. Yeah. Just massive, massive sound. Like, mm. all, all, of, all of the songs, unbelievable. Uh, Creatively-wise, does he bring much to the band? Um with ideas as well? Are you more or less set in stone when you go in? Are you open for, I suppose, a bit of criticism or a bit of, uh, you know, can he influence you to some degree? Yeah. Yeah, he's a few, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's never been like, right, lads, that sounds terrible. How about this? It's always, <laughs> what if I just threw in this? And sometimes, you know, like most of the time, it's sounded amazing, yeah? Yeah, of course. Um, so friends we, we, we accept that sort of constructive criticism or if he thinks anything better goes, you know. Like how long is he? He's, he's doing that since 2007, is it? I might be right. Um, I think it's around 2007. He, he started off. I think that sounds about right because I think that's when we had our first sort of balance. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it was nothing big. It was... It's like a Trivium sort of style band. Okay. <laughs> Josh is kind of like the, the sixth member of the band. Okay. Uh, cool. We always bring our ideas and music and sound to Josh and we lay it down. And uh, not once has Josh ever been like, this is terrible. You need to change this. Mm-hmm. He's always been fully on board with what we bought him. And uh, yeah, like Taylor said, sometimes he'll be like, what about doing this or doing that? And sometimes we take the ideas on board. Sometimes we don't. It's literally just creative opinions, but it's yeah, never yeah. anything that's ever caused uh, any issues at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recording process is always super fluid, and that is just down to Josh's how good he is, like just how professional he is whenever it comes to it. Watching the guy work is like watching magic. And um yeah, that's high, I, that's high we, praise indeed. Yeah, yeah. He also helped she as well with um, the lyric videos, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He did them himself. Like fair play to him. Like I, I'm used to a lot of nonsense, so I don't know how on earth he does it. Like, and they're fucking excellent too. Like they really are good. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the man's an absolute wizard. He knows his. He knows exactly what he's doing with everything, and um. I think that will be the uh, the last lyric video we'll probably be getting from this release of songs. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. There'll be uh, other videos going forward. Because like, um, he, he shot you in studio and I presume it is a kind of a re-release, is it? In which I envy in its final form. Um, he, did he shoot that as well? Was he working with that, with the visuals? and Visualizer? Yeah, he did all of that. Yeah. Fucking hell. Brilliant. And uh, tell us yeah. about uh, Stefan Fraser, who played the piano intro to <laughs> to that. <laughs> Stefan, Stefan uh, Fraser. Stefan is uh, an absolute madman. Um, I've yes. been friends with him. <laughs> You'd never uh, think so it. 
Yeah. Taylor uh, has also been, we've all been friends for a long time. He's been part of mine and Taylor's friend groups since we were kids. Yeah. Like, uh, I went to school with him, so I've known him since first year. Really? Um, Jesus. Yeah, a long, long time. Um, the, the guy is so musically talented. It's unbelievable. Um, he plays violin, piano, guitar, uh, and he's starting to do a bit of uh, music production now as well. Um, him and Josh have been, I know they've been having some conversations regarding like how to work certain elements and stuff with production tools. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we we needed an intro for the album, something big, something epic, and we went for the intro that we went for. Stefan sent us over a, a structure he had put together, and then um, the, me, Stefan, and Josh uh, worked together uh, while sharing ideas with the band to make sure everybody was happy with what was happening. Yeah, and uh, came out with the. The intro that we have from we're all quite happy with it. of course yeah it's very different if it's different it's good having heard the first version of in which i envy and then hearing that it actually makes perfect sense to have a piano at the start and it's a great great probably credit to the band to recognize that as well you know again it's something different big shout out again to josh and a massive shout out to stefan for that one they their work on it was fantastic so future plans for you lads um i know we're all still stuck in this shitty lockdown there's a lot of competition out there as well especially up in northern ireland um you have a fantastic scene one that i always love um giving praise to are you gonna do are you looking at tours are you gonna come down south or how can people book you everything across the board like anything we can get we're gonna do it you know like well when we first started the main thing was to do a lot of gigging but mm. after the, the the metal to the masses, it just gave us that extra taste, and we're 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 dying to we're dying to just gig flat out. Yeah. Like that's the that's the dream, the American dream, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's serious competition out there, isn't there? Bring it, yeah. on. Bring it on. So obviously, we're going to be gigging up here as much as possible. Uh, we we're excited to do hometown gigs and um, do you know Belfast gigs and everything like that. Um, and also, yes, we want to come down south as much as possible. Yeah, uh, you're, 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 you're coming to Cork whether you like it or not, lads. Tough luck. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've been many um, times. I love it down there. Love it down cool. there. So we've, we're quite friendly with a, a band from England called Avera, uh, who we've had a couple of chats with, and we're looking to go over and play uh, leads with them. Oh, nice. And we've got a, another contact in Canada, uh, a band called uh, As The Structure Fails. Right, yeah. okay. Um, and uh, we, again, want to sort of link up with those guys. We've had chats and conversations uh, about them coming here to do a gig, us going over to do a gig. So uh, our eyes are set firmly on the prize and we're, we do want to go further than you know, just playing Belfast gigs all the time as much as we love. Yeah. We want to go bigger. You do know that the show is aired over in Canada, do you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I I was actually speaking to the guys from As The Structure Fails earlier. Cool. And um, yeah, they're, they're, they'll probably end up saying this. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like me, going stir crazy at home, you know, um, we had it really good. 
when the, before this shit happens, you know, we we had gigs in Cork um, once or twice a month, you know, and yeah, um, yeah uh, you'd wonder when this all clears, you know, how many venues will even be left or the scene, open to play the scene bands. Actually, the scene actually amazes me. I'm going to be honest. Before I came into this band, I had never really paid any attention to the Belfast scene or the down south scene. I was just like. Machine Head, Lamb of God, and all there, the bands I you know, only cared about. And once I got into this band, the amount of bands that are actually about. Uh, great bands as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Like, really, really talented bands from up here and down south, uh, Tombs. Uh, they didn't get the recognition that they should have got at that gig. They were fantastic, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and then we've got the crawling from up here who are unbelievable as well. Do you not think, Gav and uh, Taylor? And I think the Irish underground scene is definitely 100% one of the best in Europe for uh, music and metal. It's, it's, it's incredible, like, yeah, it's how much music there is in such a small space of the world. And I think it's how close that community actually is as well. Mm. Um, yes, very much so. Good point. It's a healthy pillar, right? Yeah, you know, it's spread each other stuff on social media, like all the videos. You know, they're all helping each other, and it's good to see. There's no sort of spitefulness. No, Christ, no, uh, no, there isn't. There isn't, yeah. and I and I tell you that yeah, straight up. When I look at a band like you know that have fucking terrific merch, doing it correct, and are releasing steadily music i mean come hopefully the summertime when this is all lifted you know i i i can't see any issues with you playing a siege or you know moving around the rest of ireland and getting gig, no good. problem you know? i've actually messaged the guy from siege and they've never got back to me so don't worry about that, that. <laughs> don't worry about that <laughs> listen to his interview um he's on the podcast there john ard so don't don't worry about that he has you on record man <laughs> uh, Happy days, happy days. We are very interested in playing Siege as well. Uh, any any festivals, any uh, big gigs, anything we we'll, we want to play. You know, um, that's the reason we're all in this, and especially Daryl, <laughs> our drummer. Like his biggest drive is just playing. The man yeah. just wants to play drums. Some drummer as well. Shout out. He's a yeah. best I work with. Yeah. Fantastic. Everybody is incredible. Stu and his composition is unmatched, in my opinion. The, the guy where he picks out small elements that need to change in the riff and the structure of the song is unbelievable. Tom, what he writes, that those riffs come mainly from Tom. You know, there's a couple, there's uh, obviously there's some riffs input from Taylor and from Stu, yeah. but uh, Tom fires out a lot of the riffs, and then Daryl is. The man's just um, his legs are insane. Like <laughs> we sometimes practice for four hours at a time. Mm. Daryl doesn't stop the whole way through. You know what I mean? We'll have yeah. a quick cigarette break, but Daryl is drumming the whole way through. If you were imagine, if you could imagine running or doing any other activity with your legs for four hours the way he does, <laughs> you know what I mean? You live for Christy. It's <laughs> <laughs> only a few of us would know that one, Gav. <laughs> so, um, social media boys, um, you're very good. Um, there's an update most weeks as well, which I really think that's an, that's always a great sign. 
keeping the fans involved in your activities. Um, you don't want to do, you don't want to just set up a social media and just have it sitting around for a couple of months doing nothing before you do anything. We had material straight away. You know, like we weren't waiting around. We're like, this is us. You know, make mm. ourselves big as you can. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, it is important, um, definitely, um, in this period of time anyway, where just people are just literally sitting at home, just, you know, tr- you know, fucking scrolling through countless hours of Netflix. But if you have a band that are just putting up new updates on Facebook once or twice every two weeks, it's great, you know. So, so that's uh, why we kind of uh, attacked it the way we did. So hmm. Taylor does Facebook. I do Instagram and Stu does Twitter. Okay. Um, so we wanted to make sure that there was somebody manned on each social media at all times. Yeah. Um, we want people to feel like they can interact with us. You know, obviously you've got fans out there, people send a message and they'll not hear anything back ever. Or you'll send them a message and uh, they'll reply to you three days later with something half-assed. We want people to know that we're there all the time. If people want to chat, yeah. if you want to know anything. I've had um, people come to me on Instagram for vocal lessons. Uh, I've had people, you know, from Germany, Texas, everything messaging us for merch. Uh, yeah. Our merch has been, we've, we've already sent our merch to like a lot of countries around the world as well. It's great. Uh, well, not a lot of countries, a good handful of countries that we're, you know, we're, we, we haven't touched yet and we have a following there as well. So we wanted to make sure that we had that way for people to engage with us so that people knew we were real. Yeah. People didn't just think of a social media band that weren't going to do anything. And that's also another reason for the way that we have released the singles the way we have. Um, we've been releasing the album systematically and releasing it track for track because, in my honest opinion, um, with today's climate and social media and the way that people interact with content, uh, you release three songs off an album say the album's 12 tracks, I can almost guarantee that five or six of those songs aren't going to get half heard by half of your fans. Yeah. Whereas you release every single song as a single with a video and something for everyone to interact with, some, something for somebody to listen to. Uh, that's going to give people something to enjoy. And also they're not having to wait for a year, right. two years. For e- album. Even, a know, simple, even, even a simple thing like the playthrough as well. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, just another way for us to add content. And uh, I know I mentioned there that obviously there's somebody on social media at all times and that we are all doing something regarding the band at all times. We, If anybody ever had any ideas or anything that they want to see in regards to content from us, you're more than welcome to drop us a message. Cool. Uh, yes. You're more than welcome to tag us uh, we want to hear back from people, you know, we, we want feedback. We want to give people the music that they want in the way that they want it. It's not just about us. A lot of bands, big bands as well, like famous metal bands and stuff, kind of take their music and they release it. And they do what they want with it. Whereas with us, we want to write the best music we can as well as writing music for the people who want to hear it. Well said, yeah. Gav. Well said. You you couldn't argue with that, man. That's that's a great uh, promotional speech as well. Shall we hear there? <laughs> so look, um, 
I'm going to say goodbye to you, lads. Thanks a million for coming on the show. Um, I, am a, I am a huge fan, and I'm going to convert a lot more to you as well. I promise you that, okay? Bring them on. Thank you very much. We massively appreciate it. Um, we'll do what we can for you. And a uh, big thank you from Tom, Stu, and Daryl as well. Those yeah, guys. Shout out to the lads, uh, yeah. Here, but um, they send their wishes over, and uh, a lot of us want to get down the court as soon as we can, have a drink, and Absolutely. play a show with you. Absolutely. Um, Everybody that's listening, please check out Survivalist. Subscribe to their YouTube channel where you'll see their first three releases. All their stuff is on Spotify and iTunes as well. And uh, once again, lads, thanks a million for coming on the show. And uh, you're definitely one to watch in 2020, in my opinion, anyway. Cheers. Thank you.
And that was the bone crushingly heavy Oracle with the song Hollow. Shout out to Jason and all the lads in Oracle for sending me in the track. Of course, the reason why it's featured is it was recorded, mixed and mastered by Josh Robinson. It is off their debut album, which is called Novissima, the soundtrack to humanity's relentless march towards annihilation. Be sure to check out Oracle and all their social media sites and I will have them featured on the links page. Now, without any further delay, I had the pleasure of talking to the main man himself, Josh Robinson. Last week, here is the full interview. I hope you enjoy listening to this. Over to you, Josh. How are you, man? Um, good to be getting to do something for a change. Today yeah, is a good day. It's uh, crazy times out there, Josh. Um, what's the story up with G? Are you in Belfast? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, right outside it. So there's really nothing open near me. And right. I haven't been going outside much anyway, just trying to keep myself busy with stuff. Have you been doing the two kilometer exercises and all that? I didn't do it before isolation. <laughs> um, I, I've been going out for maybe like a half hour walk with the dog each day just to get a bit of air. But honestly, I, being an engineer, I don't get outside much anyway. So, Luckily enough for me, I'm still able to work. Um, I'm, I'm with um, a pharmaceutical company, so we're designated. Oh, yeah. Fighting the good fight then. Fighting the good fight, yeah. So thankfully, I can get out for two days and two nights and then four days off, which is grand. My life hasn't changed much, really, bar more drinking, really. <laughs> like the rest more of excuses. us. Uh, I gave up years ago, but I've had a bottle sitting in my fridge staring at me for the past three weeks. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like old birthday gift. <laughs> what is my, it? My dad never remembers. What, what, what is it? A uh, Jägermeister? Uh, a bottle of whiskey. Ah, yeah. Good man. What make is it? Uh, I don't remember what it is. <laughs> but it it's in your yak. fridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been there for three years, dude. Classic, man. Classic. So, come here. I was talking, well, I was texting, really, uh, to Cormac Jordan. I said I'd give him a shout. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's done stuff with you with Eyes Eternal. Four tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, yeah, four he, tracks. Yeah, so Cormac kind of did uh, the vocals, guitar, bass, and the drums were played by some session drummer. Is it Damien, I think? Yeah, yeah, Damien. Um, Damien. We just spent the day up in Belfast at my studio tracking drums for that. Yeah. And phenomenal drummer. Phenomenal yeah. drummer. And have you worked with Cormac before? No. Um, I messaged him years ago when he was in his old band. Yeah. But, I, you know, nothing really came of that. Because, you know, who would trust me a couple of years ago? <laughs> um, but yeah, I sort of kept in contact. Yeah, he. I mean, I listened to one of the tracks. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's got, I think you now have perfected a Josh Robinson sound <laughs> over. Oh, no. I, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's there. It's there in spades. Was The last band you worked with was Survivalist, was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I had them on last night, so that's part of the whole interview with you and them, because um, I wanted a band that worked with you as well, so they were singing your praises, oh, naturally. <laughs> yeah, they're good dudes. I've known most of them from previous bands and stuff, so just naturally came together when they all started this thing. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Whatever you, Survivalist is. You gave them... Um, 
fantastic help and you did all their video stuff as well uh, lyric, yeah. lyrical videos and all is that part of the package you normally offer or is it uh, recently it's been more so I've, I've always been into all sides of media stuff and i've sort of taught myself that stuff over the years but recently i've been doing a little more for bands instead of just messing around and yeah it's fun splits up the days a bit more yeah it's a great package to offer a band you know especially a band we'd say that wouldn't actually know someone to go to just to get even a lyrical video in i don't know how complicated it is i know some bands probably try to do it themselves but i mean yeah most of those skills it sort of um takes a while to learn but generally isn't that hard once you know the basics you know so I just, I tend to learn one of those skills every few months to Very a good. certain point, you know? Very good, yeah. And there's a lot I don't of... Know, I'm just addicted to learning things, <laughs> even if I don't end up fantastic at them. It's always something. For example, the programs that are out there, we'd say for lyrical videos and stuff, there's like, there's a lot of, mm. a lot of real good ones and they're not actually, you're not paying a fortune for them either. No, there's loads of stuff out there. Like there's even free stuff if you if you're willing to put a bit more time into learning them, because usually the free stuff, there's not as much many resources out there to learn that stuff. Okay. But I was just saying there that I use, uh, well, I'm trying to learn Da Vinci. Did you ever hear that Da Vinci for editing? Oh, Da Vinci Resolve. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great program. Mm. Um, I think actually did cost some money a couple of years ago, but it's free free now. It's free. Yeah. yeah. I'm complaining about it. Yeah, and I noticed as well that, oh yeah, you put up a track. I enjoyed it actually, um, working on Reaper with... Lockhorns. Lockhorns, man. That was very interesting. Yeah. Is Reaper your uh, main? Yes, yeah, yeah. Cool. I've been using Reaper for 10 years now. Um, I did about a year on Cubase before that. Okay, you didn't do Audacity or anything like that. <laughs> oh, I, I had a probably... Uh, few months of audacity but i didn't consider myself to be doing anything useful at that point (laughs) you know that was just me like throwing my laptop in front of a guitar amp and putting some sort of sound together yeah i suppose uh, again it was free but you'd know it was free as well um i was just kind of trying out the first maybe three or four podcasts i used audacity but it was just so glitchy i just gave up on it and um i got the reaper then in and i haven't looked back since you know it's a great program oh yeah reaper's great if you just take a bit of time to learn it it's the same with anything though really Mm. like any dog that you start out in you're probably gonna get somewhere if you stick to it we'll say going back to i suppose when you were a teenager it was more mostly bands you were playing in or had you an ambition maybe to kind of go or did Uh. it naturally happen I, yeah, I did this. I think I went about things completely different from everyone else because when I was about 15, I got a guitar for Christmas and then I immediately did what I could to record something with it, with like Audacity and a laptop mic. And I think I actually saw myself more as a recording engineer after those first few months than I did as a musician. I I still am sitting at about the level I was at 17 with every instrument I play. (laughs) You know, I've just learned how to make it sound better with recording. Yeah. And um, are you self-taught in relation to working with all the the tools in the studio? I would say I was self-taught until about three years ago when I started sort of taking some courses as well to push myself further. 
Okay. But all the basics and, you know, I was already making money at that stage, you know? Right. So everything up until about two, three years ago, self-taught. To get your experience then up to that point, were you with, working with anybody sitting in on studio sessions or? Um, not sitting in on other sessions, but I was just relentlessly like bothering bands come and record something with me for like a tenner when I started out, you know, it was like, I'd give me 10 pound to cover the electric that I'm using for the day and I'll record whatever we can. And I did that for like five or six years before I started taking it seriously, seriously. And, um, um what about the, even doing that, was it kind of remotely or was it, or had you a place? I know that I was, I was lucky. I grew up, um, my mom's house had a garage attached and I just sort of took over that garage. Right. Started filling it with gear over the years. Um, so I was always very hands-on, you know, I, I always recorded the bands that I mixed at first. And I, I think that helped a lot as to where I am now because I made so many contacts in the local industry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what about your equipment now? Like kind of, when you look back maybe five, six years ago to what you have now, like I'd say, oh. is, is there a big change? Yeah, there's definitely a big change. Um, I think five, six years ago, that was roughly when I moved into this house that I'm in now. Okay. And I had like a decent computer, um, maybe a, I'm thinking like a two input interface and some okay speakers. And I made that work for me for about a year until I moved into the last studio I was working in there, right. a place called Bearcat, which is, you know, it was well suited. Uh, it had its own live room and everything, just moved all my stuff down there. Um, and because I was in there with access to that, I had a lot more sort of free cash to upgrade. Yeah. So I think, I think I went from that computer speakers and basic interface to three full recording setups with 16 inputs each. Um, many, many more mics, you know, like it's, I've got a full studio worth of gear now and I've, and I've just built my own studio as well. I moved out about six months ago from the old one. Oh, right. Okay. So, so are you, yeah, are you in, are you closer to Belfast then? Is it, or? Uh, I mean, I'm in the same building. It's like a oh, big right. commercial mill that just has units to rent. So I'm actually in the exact same place, just a different floor. Right. But, um, I don't know. It's probably been, yeah, it's probably been about five years since I properly started building up equipment as mm. opposed to hacking together stuff. Yeah, sure. You have to start somewhere. Have you got any kind of sponsorship in with certain, say, I know you use Focusrite and I, Fractural Audio and API and sure. Any luck I, I wish. I okay. wish I had sponsorships. Um, I actually almost ended up with a symbol endorsement of all things um, about a year and a half ago, but looking into it the company was a little bit dodgy <laughs> but yeah that's the closest i've gotten is um a dodgy company with an instrument that i barely play <laughs> and how how do you think yourself you can kind of go out and and get these um sponsorships man i will i will make no um attempt to make you think that i have any idea how to do any of that uh i think uh, i think aiden's got some sponsorships has, yeah. from Amphion and stuff. For That's speakers, right. Isn't it? Yeah, from Finland. Yeah, um, I, I need to pick that dude's brain. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I think a lot of it is actually just um, getting on a flight and going to these shows, you know, and talking to people. Yeah. I, if I could even get a, get an invite, that'd be nice. You know, yeah. a lot of those uh, trade shows are invite only, sadly. But oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Either invite only or um, or you'll pay extortionate prices, I think, to get in otherwise. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, I've... I have this thing where I just sit down and focus on tasks and then don't think about any of the logistics behind it. So yeah. I'll, I'll record a band and mix and master it and give them it all. And I won't have thought anything about, um, about how to like push myself forward. Right. You know, I just okay. sit down with the project at the time. So there's probably a lot of stuff I could be learning and using to better my life. You're probably young enough. Anyway, I think someone said you were 30. Is it near enough? 30. There? Fuck. No, uh, I'm 26. 26. Ah, right. I'll, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll blame I've Taylor had, for that. I've had much worse guesses than 30, <laughs> though. So I'm going to blame Taylor from Survivalist. Taylor's an old bastard himself, is he not? <laughs> well, he's the guy that hung you out, man. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Taylor, secretly 73 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd say when brands then um, come to you, Josh, like. Um, I presume a lot of them you would know in advance, but do you research, mm. we'll just say, for example, a new band come on the scene, uh, do you research their past material? Um, if it's if it's a band I haven't heard of before at all, then I like, I'm straight on the YouTube or whatever if they have past stuff. Mm -hmm. um, usually I'll try and get sort of a practice room demo as well from them because it's always good to see how stuff plays together. Yeah. But... If there's really nothing out there, I've been known to just yolo and take a chance and it kicks me in the ass. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I have no sense at all in life. My entire <laughs> ethos is, how oh, could it be fine? Yeah, but like I mean, I, obviously, there's lucky. obviously there's specific questions we'll say you ask a band, we'll say that's fresh in um, to kind of gauge what kind of sound they want what influences them as as musicians if you don't oh, have much yeah, to work like, with oh yeah if I, when i'm contacted by a band like the first thing i'll do is say um you know can we get a group chat together because i i don't know it feels impersonal when you're talking to one member of a band and just trying to discuss you know the whole band's intention yeah so i try and get a group chat on facebook or whatsapp and then just barrage them with questions um Although I've found recently I'm getting barraged with the questions, which is weird. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, here, you contacted me, lads. Yeah, Can respect. I at least have some of my answers first. <laughs> Ideally speaking, we'd say for an EP, presuming a band kind of are really sharp at and have the songs locked down, would it be kind of a three or a four day session you should get it in? Or? Um, yeah, that that sounds about right. So I, I tend to take about a day per track, but that's, you know, standard metal band format. Okay. Um, you know, a track could easily take three or four days, depending on what you want to put into it. Yeah. Um, the first time I recorded Words That Burn, um, we took three days for the song and every minute of those three, day, three days was used because of the amount of stuff we were putting in there. Was that the album Pyres? That or was, was the one When We Were that? Forgotten, the first single off that album. Okay, this yeah. this was probably six months before we started on the album. You know, that, that track was recorded way ahead of time. Right, um, okay. But 
you know, so that's that's one extreme. Uh, and I've had a band come in and literally track an eleven track album in a day. What? Because yeah, they 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 live tracked it all. You know, they they played together and we overdubbed a few vocals. But these guys were just ridiculous tight. And now I'm going to make myself feel like a prick and say that I do not remember the name of that band because. <laughs> The album never came out. The band disbanded. Ah, and okay. Yeah, uh, phenomenal musicians. Something just obviously personal in the band didn't work out. What about as well? Um, a lot of the lads um, from Survivalist and a few others that I was in contact as well said one of your best traits as well as a producer is your kind of empathy for for them and you, you get on really well with them. You don't put them under any pressure. You're chill, you're chilled out, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's n- there's no point going to record a song somewhere that you can't relax and enjoy yourself. You know, mm. I I think having that relaxed attitude is a part of what you know it can add to the songs as well. Because if you're not sitting there stressing out, you have more time to think about here. What could we add here? You know, that, that wee chorus is sounding a wee bit dull. Should we? How do we layer there? You know, it's not. You know, you're not under that stress of this isn't good enough. You're more under. the you know, improvement mood. Yeah. Good vibes go a long way. Yeah, of course, obviously. But then again, like when there comes a point where you actually have to kind of come forward oh, and go, yeah. lads, this is, this will sound way better if you do X, Y, and Z. Oh, see, I, th- I think, um, I think the chill attitude in general sort of lends itself to me turning around and being able to say to the band, lads, this bit's shit. Mm. You know, like, I, okay. I tend to I tend to think of the bands that come in more as friends that I'm working with, you know, new friends if it's a new band or whatever. So yes. like we'll just we'll be sitting there just chatting away as if we've known each other for 18 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it does, you know, so if something isn't working out, it is very easy to just turn around and say it's a bit shit. What else could we do? <laughs> yeah. You know. Look the way the way your body of work is building as well you you certainly are in that position now you know um do you feel that you could go a different direction are you happy enough working with metal bands at the moment um i think this is i think this is just sort of a thing that naturally evolved like i started out with metal bands because that there was a lot of them around belfast at the time and i like metal yeah um i have no real preference for genre these days though you know i'll work with anything because I just generally like music as well, as long as it is musically well done. Yeah. So I, I think sort of because I've done so many decent sounding metal releases that a lot of metal bands come to me, but it's definitely not the only thing I enjoy doing, you know? Yeah. I'm just going to name out a few bands there that you worked with, like Ketos's First Strike. That's some album, man. And that that is, you know, again, your production work on it, mixing everything, it's just so sharp, man. It's I just thought, wow, that's incredible. And then I went, I bet you Josh, that's Josh. And I looked at the back. <laughs> and sure enough, there there you were, you know. Uh, you know, it's funny, I've had a few people say to me that they've listened to stuff, went, that sounds like Josh. And then the obscure German grindcore <laughs> band that they're listening to was indeed mixed by Josh. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah classic yeah oh yeah that's the weirdest one there's uh, a band specifically this one is uh this band was called placenta power fist Jesus and Christ. out of the blue sort of got contacted by their recording engineer to for me to mix it and 
Uh, then probably about two days after it released, I had about three messages from people going, wow, I was listening to this, it slammed, realized it was you. <laughs> I honestly didn't think anyone that I knew would have heard that, but yeah. Um, I, I came across you probably, now you, you have come up a few times, but the first time I really sat up and noticed um, was um, a band called Nomadus. An apex. Yes. Brand. I have to give them a shout out, yes. Freddie and Neil. Uh, They're great guys. They I haven't seen guys. them in forever, though. Yeah. I was hanging out with Freddie, actually, for Testament for a small bit. You know? Oh, nice. I were but Testament. I, that was the best I've ever seen them. I've nice. seen them. I've seen them like four or five times now, at least, because they have the perfect lineup now with Gene on drums, um, Steve DiGiorgio on bass, you know, Alex is back, Chuck and... Oh, uh, the I've only seen them once, and it was with Megadeth in like two thousand five, six, yeah. maybe. Yeah, they're they're know, fantastic, yeah. man. Uh, that was brilliant. That, uh, of course, that was the the gig where a lot of them became ill. You know, that was literally the the last gig I was at, and probably for a lot of people. Mm, good point. Yeah, I think it was probably two days after that or something. The lockdown on it was events. Yeah. yeah, they were they were all sick, probably. I don't know, did I carry it into that gig? You wouldn't think it looking at it, but probably they did a few English dates after that. And, you know, that uh, it was the Dead Angel drummer that kind of pointed that out, that he actually knew that there was people sick on that tour and he got it then himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I hadn't heard any of that. Yeah. So, I mean, that as I said, that was the last time I saw Freddie. Um, that Apex Brett song is an absolute fantastic uh, track, man. Yeah, that that was actually, um, they played, I think their first show was at that Metal of the Mass competition. Correct. And yeah. the first time I saw them was the final, and they completely floored me. Yeah. They And I remember Apex Breath being played at the show, and the moment they got into the, they got into the studio and were sort of chatting to me about it, I was like, right, which, which songs have you got here? And which one is that one you played? I think second to last or something at Metal of the Masses because we're doing that one. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, I also loved your work as well um, with Horrenda, Nerve Gas. Yes. Uh, I, have they released that album yet? Yeah, it's out, yeah. It's out, okay. <laughs> I think it was about six months or something since I finished uh, mixing it to when I heard it being announced. Yeah, um, yeah those... Those guys are nuts. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great players, <laughs> I think man. think there's a studio there as well. <laughs> they're right. Yeah, you're spot I think on. That, you're spot on. You're right. You're dead I right. I think that's out now, yeah. Yeah, uh, correct. <laughs> like, I could just name drop loads of bands to you that, obviously, you know, um, Heel of Achilles. The boys. Uh, yes. They were one of the first bands that I properly, like, properly worked with when I was at a stage that I could do anything decently. And they've stuck with me all these years. So big up to the boys. And peasant to a king as well. I'm just uh, naming I, out every that. time if you're wondering why I'm laughing every time you mention a band, I every time a band is mentioned, there'll be this one moment in the studio that'll stick out to me as hilarious. And well, give us peasant to a king's one and they want mine. Peasant to a king's is uh Ben the vocalist in a full priest robe <laughs> singing a song about molesting children. Uh, he got into a priest robe to do the vocals for that song. Oh, fucking brilliant. There you go, man. See, you've got all yep. these, all this information that I need to get out of you. <laughs> oh, this is the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, you got to you gotta get this out there. And uh, again, Words That Burn, um, love them on the show. 
Oh, I don't know if I can repeat these stories. Like, it's not that they're bad. It's just uh, excess. We do bully Ronnie. <laughs> We're really bully Ronnie. <laughs> and um, one other band that just got my attention as well, because they were fairly different, um, was Neon Empire. Ah, yeah, Neon. Um, oh, there's, they're, they are different, definitely. There's a lot of synth work going on. Correct, um, yeah. And <laughs> it's it's almost hard trying to get all that in there, you know. Um, they, they show up with demos and stuff, or they send it to me beforehand, with probably about 19, 20 layers of synths in it. By the end, there's probably eight left. You know, like okay. I oh, I get brutal with those guys. Really, yeah. but uh, yeah, it comes out good in the end. You yeah, know? that that kind of music is is an interesting side of it as well. I mean, I you know, do you find I think that that's kind of it's kind of what I started out with? Um, because when I like when I started started, that stuff was really big. You know, um, asking Alexandria and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. See, I wouldn't be kind of um, into that as such, but as I oh, said, I totally get you. I you totally know, get you. It's you know, it's one of those phases that you look back on. And you're like, oh, yeah. I listened to that. Yeah, but like the likes of Carpenter or Brute, then kind of just kind of would bring you back to it. Kind yeah. of go, yeah, it's it's actually okay, you know. There's there's been a bit of a resurgence with new metal as well, like the early two thousand stuff, and I am loving it. Yeah, because exactly, I was like, yeah. I was like eight or nine when it was coming out, so Jesus, that's you know, I didn't mad, get to man. fully appreciate that stuff. And um, yeah, I think do, do you remember that uh, movie Drive with Ryan Gosling in it? He was um, a stunt. Oh yeah, yes, I remember that movie. That was that a bad soundtrack. Movie. <laughs> that soundtrack was amazing. You know, I I couldn't get through the whole movie because it. I think I saw a few memes at the time, you know, just of him going, I drive. And that was all I could think of. You know, memes ruin things sometimes. And uh, Someday I might actually sit there and watch it. Okay, since we're on movies now and I brought it up, what would be your favorite soundtrack to a movie? Ooh, favorite soundtrack to a movie? I'm probably going to forget. I'm probably going to miss something like really obvious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Terminator 2 soundtrack. Uh, uh, there, easy, easy answer. Terminator 2. two. A lot of synths going on yeah. with that as well. Fantastic soundtrack. Mm. Like I actually sat and watched the behind the scenes of, well, not the behind the scenes, but someone reviewing and talking about the, the equipment that they'd used on that. And it was a good six hours that I sat watching this video and then immediately realized what, what time it was at four in the morning. <laughs> I, I just get sucked into that stuff. I was only talking about this in the previous podcast, um, Judgment Night. I'm not familiar. Ah, there you go, man. Um, Cypress Hill and House of Pain all linked up with Fate No More Helmet. Ice T was with Slayer, so it was a mixture of rap and metal together. Have you seen the Body Count have actually done a cover of Raining Blood recently as well? Love Body Count, man. Yeah, I've seen them live, man. Body Count, great fun. Count, they're fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Rocky George is playing with them now. As far as I know, he was with uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Ice nice. Ice tea is a cool. I one literally like body count comes up. I go ice tea. Yep, I'm having a wee watch of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm terrible at following what members go in and out of bands though. I sure look as I said, like kind of there's so much multimedia out there now. You just you you can't but find. Oh those. yeah, if you tried to stay on the cutting edge of everything metal no. these days, you'd go nuts. No, even just the amount of bands up in Northern Ireland alone is incredible. 
So it is. Yeah. It's, it's a huge scene. It's there really now, exploded. Man. Since mm. since 2011 or so, it has completely exploded up here. Yeah. They, there's still the odd lull and stuff, but generally speaking, before all this crap, there was a gig every week, you know? Yeah. Two or three pretty decent bands. Yeah, I know. Jesus, like you look at it now. I mean, I was up at the Elder Druid launch. That was fantastic as well, you know? I missed out on that, unfortunately, but everyone that I know that's been has said it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Again, they're another <sighs> huge band from Northern Ireland with the crawling as well. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to show yes. as I as I usually do anyway. Andy's a Andy's pay me a fortune. Andy is a madman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're a fantastic package as a band you know they do everything themselves you know you have to admire that yeah i like huge props to andy for the amount of work he undertakes um another band that you worked on as well i have to give him a shout out um is in shroud yes you've got a great those, sound those, off, lads those lads that we shall not mention any names of oh they they, they want to stay anonymous man let the music take yeah. front and center which is impressive it's weird because, um, and I kind of predicted this in the session, um, when we were recording the vocals, uh, the vocalist, whoever he may be named, um, <laughs> on one song, he kind of sounded a bit like uh, my vocal style from when I was in a band. And I sat, said there in that moment, someone's going to accuse me of being in this band because it's anonymous. And the day they released the, those two first songs, yep, I had about six messages. Is it you? Really? <laughs> Are you serious? So, so I'm guessing that you're privy to some of the information and can confirm that it is indeed not me. <laughs> yes, it's not you. Absolutely, you're spot on. Wait. You're okay there, but uh... cool. That's cleared up for that's cleared up for your audience anyway. <laughs> I'm getting worried now. You did have a contribution to it, though. I'd bet. Oh yeah, um, some of the I... drums. Um, some of the drums were written by me. <laughs> um. What about it's not as if I can actually play any drums? <laughs> do you know what we'll say when you're um recording and mixing and Aiden cutting on my focus in on Aiden because Aiden is is probably a drum doctor. He loves he loves delving into drums. Um what Ooh. about you? Is rhythm your favorite or it's drums, yeah. It's always drums. It's drums, yeah. Any engineer that's been doing things for more than about three or four years, it's drums. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyone else is a liar, you know. Uh, they're just so interesting in that you can change them to sound completely different from what they originally did um, and it can still work, you know? Yeah. Would you agree with Aiden? The cymbals are um, the hardest part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I, the the only time that I've ever had, or, well, the point that I started having good sounding cymbals in my mixes was when I went out and spent a couple of grand on my own cymbals. So that okay. drummers can come in with their shit ones and I can tell them <laughs> to put them away. Um, symbol, Yeah, symbols are an absolute bastard, man. <laughs> and I suppose some drummers uh, like, to, like to ride on them more than others. There, some drummers use rides as crashes, <laughs> which is <laughs> terrible. It, like it, it feels good to play on, you know, like a big chunk of metal and yeah. you can lay into it, but it sounds mm-hmm. like shit. And I think that a lot of drummers confuse the feel and the sound. Uh, class, man. And uh, I have to give one more shout out as well to Oracle and that album, Novissima. Is it? Is that how you pronounce it? Novissima. Yeah. No, uh, I don't even think those guys know how to pronounce it, dude. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah like you could ask that you could ask the band they'll give you five different answers on how you pronounce it okay that's cool i can get away with that um and you did oh, yeah, the video for them as well didn't you for hollow was it or? i did it well i i edited a video okay um, i edited a couple of videos because i edited their bloodstock set last year as well that's right um yeah, yeah just sort of they needed something done and they had a load of footage on their dropbox so I threw it together. Uh, man, you're you're like you're the complete package. To be fair, like, <laughs> and it gives me something to do. I know. I never and, sleep. <laughs> and at the moment, then, Josh, are you taking submissions from bands? I know we all have to keep our social distancing, but are you still taking submissions that you can kind of master and mix um, tracks? For for mixing and mastering, yeah, I'm I'm sort of working away and. At the minute, because of a lot of people being out of work, I'm sort of taking what the band can afford as payment, you know? Fair like, play too. not something that I'm going to be working 20 hours on a project for a fiver, not that no, no, sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. generally speaking, I'm trying to work with bands to, to get them their product for sort of what they can afford. Um, and obviously, I'm talking with bands about recording sessions, but we don't know when that's sort of going to happen at the minute. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to keep her going. Look, I mean, I, I'd imagine, and you would sincerely hope that um, a lot of these guys, okay, so they're isolated, but I, I'd imagine they are still writing um, serious material and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a few bands that I had to postpone with that have messaged me and said, you know, that they've now got, like double the amount of songs that they had before, yeah. which leaves me hopeful for um, being able to pay my bills when lockdown's I over. I know uh, that's that's yeah. honestly the biggest concern for you, man. I mean, I'm just trying to think. You know, down it down south here, we've been given kind of a rough date of May. Um, yeah, is that does that correspond with what you have as well, or information wise? I think it's looking like about mid May at the minute, but we haven't really got anything concrete. Um, although I, I live quite cheaply anyway, you know, I, I don't live in a fancy area or anything, so it's, it's not too bad for me. You know, I can stomach it. I can muscle through it. <laughs> you know, as I said, um, I'll put all your links down below and, and to be fair as well, um, as you said, you're, you're offering really competitive prices. It's I, honestly, I don't even, I don't even think it's, um, the money it's more, just having something to do so i don't go nuts you know yeah and is michael scott still with you yeah yeah um i've known him for years so i don't think i'm gonna be able to get rid of him anytime soon <laughs> yeah he's he's still down um most of the sessions helping out and taking over when my frail little hands get tired <laughs> yeah and and mike probably just sat in on the sessions and kind of got to know did you kind of train him up and yeah yeah we used to be in a we used to be in a band together um probably four or five years ago oh, 2014 six years okay. ago jesus um yeah but we were in a band together and he's just sort of like never left <laughs> <laughs> yeah um he wasn't so much in recording sessions for the last couple of years until he came on board there yeah um but it, you know i'd hang out with the dude multiple times a week for years there he picked up stuff and it just he became a real useful person to have around because he knows how i work and if i need something changed quickly and can't you know don't want to have to run back and forth he's there 
Yeah, cool. Or the other way around, you know. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, as I said, it's probably a lonely enough business if you if you don't have at least one guy to bounce ideas off. And I mean, kind of, but I think even at the sessions that he's not there, you you sort of can latch on to a band member every once in a while. You know, you just sort of bring them in. You're in the inner circle now. You sit here and we discuss things. You know, you just got to find the one that isn't crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's probably fucking... <laughs> or the one that is crazy because sometimes that leads to better ideas. I was just going to say it, yeah. I was just going to say it. Yeah. So before I leave you go, um, I want to ask you to recommend, first of all, an album that people should listen to at the moment, preferably an Irish band, Irish metal band. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Hmm. I'm going to say that The Boats by Greystag. Excellent. Not quite an album, you know, but such a release. Yeah, class. Was that Aiden? Or was it I should know Mick and Track Mix? It was one of them too. I, I, I'm going to go with Mick. I'm going to go with Mick. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, one of those two. They're both great at what they do. So, you know, yeah. either way, it sounds phenomenal. Great songs. Arrangements are fantastic. And crucially as well, they're absolutely brilliant live. I keep missing them. Ah, okay. They've been up in Belfast a load in the last few months, and I keep missing them because they're in sessions. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, okay, so that's an album. A book? What you reading, man? Oh, uh, no. Um, okay, I'm going to go with my old recommendation from many years ago because, honestly, I haven't read a book in years. I'm a horrible, horrible person. How to Win Friends and Influence People code and that's for that's for the business heads out there because <laughs> there's so many concepts that i am not applying to my life that i should be yeah. the last thing then an artist or a painter a visual artist that designs albums or colin bolger bolger the bolger designs yeah his stuff's fantastic nice one man he Love is that. he is on the money with his designs and everything talented dude and it's, course, such a, it's such a unique style as well. You know, like you look at the picture that he's done and you know it's him immediately. Correct. Yeah, correct. Uh, I think it's just the whole embracing of the Celtic side of him is, um, mm. is, is, is being allowed. He's been allowed to express himself um, with it and his work with bands as well. It's just like a signature now and it's fantastic mm. to see as well. Yeah, as things there was, as well, uh, which, which helps as well. Yeah, there was a while there in uh, 2017 where I think uh, three or four bands that I worked with all went with him for Al Martin. They just look so pretty together. I actually think I have CDs sitting right beside me. No, I don't. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. What I do not was have it? Um, Lockhorns, is it? Uh, but there was Lockhorns and then there was Victim Royal and, oh, God, what's the other one? There's three here, I think. Um, but they, they just, they're all so distinct, but they fit together so well. Correct, Color yeah. palettes are fantastic, and yeah, yeah. He actually talked about how that. Did, with, how did with I Grace end up with like, art as the longest one I was talking about there? <laughs> hey, because I love art, man, and that's another part of the show that I love promoting. Is yeah, that, I mean, on my artist. end, I went off on one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thanks for coming on the show, Josh. Um, wish you nothing yeah, but no success. Problem, A huge fan of your work, as are many, and. <laughs> To get in contact with you, is it, you know, straight through to direct um, messages or? JSR Audio Facebook page is probably the easiest because okay. you don't need to friend request me or anything then, you know, so yeah. I'll get it immediately. But otherwise, just my Facebook. I I accept most people. Okay, cool. cool. So, 
Yeah. So um, I hope I hope um, you pull through this and um, get to work on a shitload of albums, man, in May and June anyway. And as I said, we all enjoy your work and uh, keep going, man. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's been great talking to you and good to get a proper chat with someone outside the house. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Take care, Josh. See you.
that was the fantastic Heel of Achilles who were formed in 2014. The track you were listening to there was called Stratosphere off their brand new album, which is called Idle Hands and Idle Minds that was released this month, everybody. And of course, who was behind the controls again? It was Josh Robinson. So without further delay, I'm going to go straight into the interview with Heel of Achilles. Uh, shout out to Patrick, Dara, Stephen, Tom and Lee. And they give a great insight into working with Josh and their plans for 2020. Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell podcast. I am delighted to welcome Heel of Achilles into the studio. I've got Paddy who's on vocals. I've got Dara on lead guitar and Steve on drums. Thanks for coming on, lads. No problem, no problem. Uh, thanks for asking. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, man, um, it's great to have you on. I suppose you're kind of one of the unique bands that you have released an album in the middle of COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we're just kind of sitting on it for a long time. And uh, we actually finished recording that album at, at like near midway through 20, uh, 2018. So we had, we had it actually sitting there for a long time and we were just really like caught up in trying to actually make the release like a big thing. Did you say 2018? So yeah. Fuck. Yeah, so okay. we had that for a long time like. We yeah. wanted to have like a music video and stuff together. We wanted to get like a proper like album launch book and stuff like that. And we just kind of dragged them heels to be honest and uh, had different stuff going on in terms of work and education. So during all this shit with uh, COVID-19, we just decided let's just release it uh, during lockdown because no one can leave the house anyway. <laughs> and then made like a homemade video and stuff. And um, yeah, we, like, we thought it was the best way to do it really, you know. Jesus. Yeah, it would just um, be, it would be, you know, just a, a nice wee treat for people who were waiting, you know, if it, when they've got nothing else to do, they can go and listen to the music that we've been promising for years, like. Yeah, fact, yeah. man, because I, I, was, I was just looking back on um, even your YouTube stuff back in 2017 mm-hmm. and, you know, 2016, like you've got like four or five thousand people liking Scarecrow and what's the other one as well? Spectrum, Spectrum. Spectrum, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. D- those people probably would have followed you right through and kind of went where the lad's gone yeah. now, you know. It's difficult, I know, obviously, yeah. with, with personal life and shit like that, you know. Mm. But yeah, look, yeah. We're, we're here yeah. anyway. First of all, let's talk about the new album. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. It is thanks, a thanks. fucking breath of fresh air, <laughs> I think, myself. And it's I'm just shocked that it was recorded just two years ago. I know you work with Josh. Another reason why you're on the show as well, because I've dedicated this whole show to Josh. And um, he spoke highly of you. But Jesus, I didn't realize it was two years ago he did record you, was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we actually started recording like that album about three or four years ago, you know, like with just like demo. Because yeah. we actually recorded our EP with Josh. And from there, we just clicked with him. Yeah, in 2015. And, and, you know, at that point, we were working out of a shed. You know what I mean? Like, he was recording out of a shed. Yeah, so, like, we've basically, you know, uh, we have been through the evolution of Josh. <laughs> like, we started <laughs> off, and, uh, <laughs> like, in his fucking, uh, in, in his mom's garage in Dundonald, like, this tiny crammed space with, like, a library split and stuff. And then from there, like, in his, his, his own house, just, and, yeah. yeah, his actual home. And then, like, recording live stuff in different studios. And then... And now he's got his own space and stuff. And it's it's just sick to see how he's progressed. Like he's yeah. he's went from being a guy with a computer, a drum kit, and a couple of mics to you know to having like a full studio set up. Like and it's, it's sick, like you know. That yeah. makes sense then, because I was looking at. Yeah. I think he might have done a promo of maybe Bermuda or something where you were filming it in the studio. Yeah, and it yes. was just like on our YouTube channel. I was just going, 
Jesus, Joss's studio looks shit. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. I'm sure he won't understand. It was a bit of a shithole, like, but the memories yeah. in, in that shed, like, it just you can't beat it. Like, you know, yeah. having that kind of evolution yeah. is interesting as well. You know, like just seeing him actually do that, like, he deserves it. Like, you know, he works really, really hard. Yeah, like, absolutely. And he, he's, he's very, very like people be afraid going out to record like music for the first time, worrying about how it's going to sound. Josh mm. is just yes. he, he has you in mind the whole time. Like, if you're playing something yeah. sloppy, he's going to tell you. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going to let you like, you know. Like, like underperform pretty much, you know. Yeah, like I, I think like we're like we're metals concerned. I think Josh is almost as much of a producer as he is an audio engineer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he'll he'll help you refine your sound personally. Like you know, it's a good look. Yeah, we well, sure look. We we'll go back to Event Horizon and work forward. Then, if that's okay, because I mean, it yeah, just makes perfect. sense there okay. that you were saying that you worked with Josh from the very start. So he did. What did he add to Captivate or did he? I oh, he actually was... featured on that track. He yeah, featured, yeah, track he featured on, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we just recorded that track, and at, at that time, we were just open to getting everyone involved to try to establish ourselves and yeah. have fun. We wanted to get more features. That kind of goes and, into uh, the, the history yeah. of it, you know. Mm. Yeah, but back in them days, Josh would have played in and like a few bands that we would have gigged with and stuff as well. So like, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, back then it was just more like the DP was just trying to be more inclusive as well. Like we were just trying to have a bit of crack with like mates and stuff, and yeah. the features oh. weren't really for anything. Like they were just yeah. a bit of crack. How old were you then, lads? What was the youngest? I think I was fifteen or sixteen. Jeez, I was... would have been about yeah. sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, yeah, seventeen. Yeah. I would have been because it would have been summer twenty fifteen party, so we both would have been seventeen, uh, and Dara would have been like sixteen. 16? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's mental. That's 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 fucking yeah. hell, because that's a great. Well, yeah, it is an EP. Yeah, I'll call it an EP. Like, I know you had a different lineup back then as well. Um, and you got Daniel in as well on Virus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was the connection there? Um, it was actually Steaky. Steaky saw them for the first time there. Yeah. yeah um, so back in the day, we used to like do these gigs and black stuff and stuff. And before we actually got around to host on our own, uh, I just went to one because we had been practicing in there anyway. And the guy that runs like the higher studios basically has like an event room. So it's like all different units, not from the one. And I basically went to a gig because my friends rock band were playing. Mm-hmm. And I found out the headliner was a hardcore band called Tars. And I was like, shit, um, okay. I'm actually going to hang around for these guys. Like, and just got chatting away to Dan and whatever. And then before long, we were playing gigs together. And uh, we just got really close to that band, like as mates. Like, you know, like we used to gig all the time together and all. Was he, um, well, he we, was like, a singer with them, was he? Singles. Yeah, yes, that, yeah, Dan oh, yeah. was a vocalist, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. released uh, an EP back then that we really, really liked as well. It was actually pretty impressionable on us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he was with uh, Bellwood, is it? No, and the, no approval yes. guitars or Bellwood. something? Yes, he is. Yeah, I oh, came sorry, across, I, I thought it was great because... Um, when I when I saw him down as a guest on your EP, I was just going, "How the fuck do I know that name?" And I just googled him, <laughs> and then when I just got on, got onto his Facebook page, I saw um, he had a lot of stuff on Elder Druid, and I was going, "That yeah. can't be the basis. The second basis was Elder Druid," and Sorry, sure enough, yeah. it was, man. Because I I was at that uh, I was at their album launch, and I was watching the second basis with them. As it turns out, it was Daniel. So. Strange yeah. way things come around in a loop. <laughs> yeah, Dan's really been all over the show. Like uh, he's, he's been involved in a lot of stuff um, locally. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good lad overall. Like we think like, we, we all love him. Like you know, absolute legend. Yeah. Like so. Yeah. Actually, when we actually recorded that, when he featured on that, I can remember <laughs> he just like we we texted him on Facebook because we were kind of stuck. And we, 
uh, on that part of that song, and we, we, we texted him the feature, and I just remember him. He he cycled up. Yeah, he was there in about two minutes, and then he was gone even quicker. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> he just left straight after, and we were like, right. <laughs> "When that album was, uh, when that EP was released, um, how did it go down, lads? Was it well received?" Uh, yeah, generally, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think we, um, like we were being judged as a young band, you know, like people were sort of looking at us like teenagers and judging us on that, you know, rather than just the music itself, which I guess is pretty cool. Like, um, the EP launch we done for that was the first gig we put on by ourselves, and it was a massive success, like compared to what we were expecting. Like, it was there must have been like two hundred fifty plus people in this small like room in in the Blackstaff Mill. You know, and uh, fucking crazy. It was probably only around 150 caps that room, and yeah, we ended up overselling by that much that the room was full, and then the hallway outside yeah. the room was full. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're like you're talking like 16, 17 year olds, like fucking two liters of strong bow and stuff, just fucking absolutely yeah. bollocks, like running about. I, I feel mean, like that, e- that, like, that EP done a lot for us in, in ways that it created a kind of culture in Blackstaff, you know, like when we started setting these gigs up, we started yeah. we kept them going because they were just they were, like, not only were we like making money off it, which is a, um, amazing for a band in, in general, but like it was just like people would say you're going to Blackstaff this month. They didn't even like care what band was on. It was almost like a club, but like for that like local bands to shine, you know. It was like a cult. So, was, <laughs> yeah, the was. cult of Blackstaff. Was Blackstaff um, a bar, lads? Is it? No, it's it's an event hall. It's an old mill. Oh right, it's okay. a mill. Yeah, yeah, where we it, it has a lot of uh, sort of studios that bands would use to practice in. Right, but okay. on the top of the event hall, where they, they would have held gigs and stuff, and uh, a few years ago it got shut down. All right. Okay. Yeah. And of course, on that EP was the track Bermuda, which he re-recorded and actually made it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the logic behind that? Is it uh, a song that you still look back and think, yeah, that's a fucking great song? Well, Bermuda was that well received. But like back then, like it still gets called for today when we're playing live shows. So uh, okay. we just figured that we, we would go back and have a fresh take on it, like a reimagined sort of version of it. Yeah. Mm. Only I think a with a bit more of like our current uh, views on music. Yeah. I think a, a big reason for that as well was because like we recorded the first EP in Drop A Sharp. So when we moved like to the next album, Title Hand, we obviously wanted to bring it, like make, get a different sound and, and just try and be as different as possible. So we just we just went down in tuning. And we didn't want to be, like, because Bermuda is the only real song that we play from Event Horizon Live these days. Oh, so right, we just okay. wanted a more updated version, so it sounded more familiar to people who like the song, you know? Fair enough. So it's in G-sharp as well as being different. So yeah. it means we can we can accommodate that better live. Yeah, yeah, that's you fair know? enough. This is mad, like, you know, you're so young back yeah. in the day. Um, talk to me about Spectrum then. Um, you worked with Carl, um, who you yes. worked with before after Josh was well. actually there too. Josh was working lights on that music video. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt him, man. He's he's a multitasker, is Josh. It looked like he travelled up to to some mountain overlooking was it Belfast? Was it what was in the background? Yeah, it was it was Cave Hill. So it was basically like the mountain on like the north like the north like side of like the sort of greater Belfast. Uh we okay. went up, it was fuck me, it was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> uh the, like the weather was horrible, like 
it was just raining and like really really windy like i'm not sure if you noticed but i'm wearing a parka in the video and i've got my hood up and everything and i'm just fucking i'm like fucking yeah. kenny at the south park like i'm just pure like <laughs> yeah, wrapped up you weren't having a good time at all you weren't no, having a good no. time it was filmed on my birthday we just we had a, like had arranged to do this video for so long and the weather just wasn't agreeing with us so one we just set a day because we were all busy anyway so we needed we needed to just get a day we got a day it was horrible we just said let's just do it anyway and we just went up the mountain and got there and it was horrible and Steak forgot his, his, his uh, stool and his drumsticks and everyone was around about. We were up You're shitting me, Steve. Steve, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. A drummer forgetting <laughs> his... Oh, man. <laughs> we were up that mountain for about seven hours and it was absolutely <laughs> awful. It was awful. We have a lot of Between really teams. good behind-the-scenes footage of shooting that that's really yeah. funny. Like It is really, really yeah. funny. That's and, uh, like, friend, like, like the Blair Witch it? Project. <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, come that here, is did, what it felt like. Did anybody, please, please tell me, did anybody come upon you while you were filming in that? I there was some smacks, like, was it? Yes, it's like, dog and yeah, I think there were people <laughs> dogging, yeah. I think they were like in the car park that was nearby. <laughs> I don't know about anyone coming actually up to us or anything. Fucking classic oh. dogging. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, there was a good load of us there, though. Like, a lot of friends came yeah. to like, bring their cars for lights and stuff. Our friends in Dreamwick, they ended up coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of people came up to see how we were doing and just offer shelter as well because we had been telling everyone about how bad it was, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. more cars, the better. Like. Yeah, people don't really see that in the video. It looks all, it looks really nice, but we're all shaking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was cold. Yeah, it was I mean, better. Gosh, it, it went on for hours. Jesus, yeah. Um, but again, he mustn't have been too bad, Carl, because he... Worked with him again on Scarecrows with uh, Gavin Brown. Well, Scarecrows was, was actually first. Yeah, yeah Scarecrows um, was, yeah, was, was 2016. Yeah, Scarecrows was 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So February February yeah. was Scarecrows and um, Spectrum was The April. next January yeah. was, Jan- well, that's when it was recorded. I'm not sure when we released it, actually. So what yeah. about Gavin? Um, a friend of yours? or? Yeah, he'd be a good friend of the band as well. I, I met Gavin back in like... Uh, back in like 2011, 2012, because I basically I used to be a part of a samba group, like uh, that was sort of like connected to my school, and uh, I met him there, both like metal and stuff. He was in all the King's Ashes at the time. Um, they were like a local uh, metalcore band from Belfast and whatever. And um, yeah, like once we started to like come up gigging and stuff like that, uh, like I just was asking phrases to feature on one of our tracks and stuff like that. And he was actually supposed to feature on the EP, but he could never get down to the studio while we were recording that week. So uh, he ended up just featuring on our uh, our next single after. Um, yep. And yeah. It's um, something I was just wondering about because, I mean, you're a band that obviously likes to collaborate. And there was maybe a few discussions on someone collaborating with the new album launch, or was there? No. We, talk, we did talk about it, but we just decided that, like, because... Like, you know, we didn't want to lean on anyone for anything in this album because it was it was so difficult to actually put together that any more complications just weren't necessary, you know? <laughs> yeah, fair you know what? Like, it, we just wanted it, it wasn't to even like... really that either. It, it was more so that, you know, at the time, uh, because we were uh, aiming for a full length, that we wanted, the, we wanted all the music to express uh, the band directly and not other people guess them or featuring. Like, we wanted it to just be purely us. Yeah, kind of make a statement about like what way we want to go, you know? Yeah, and like your last gig was that last year, July two thousand and nineteen. 
was it? Yeah, yeah. Silver yeah. McGee. With Mickey. Yeah. Did Mickey organize that? Of... He did, yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay, of OD Promotions. Um, it was with Greyface, yeah. wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Greyface, Weasel Saturday. Uh, Holocene Hol- 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 Extension. Yeah, Hol- Okay. Extension. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was our first headliner in Dublin, actually. So it was, yeah. And yep. um, was there a nice turnout, turnout yep. for that? Decent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it actually was. Like, you know, usually, you know, when you go down to Dublin and you get a support start, like a lot of people don't hang around, but that's the same everywhere, you know, that's what you expect. Mm-hmm. But we were actually, we were actually surprised by the name of the people that actually did stick around till the end, you know, and actually did, did come up to us after and talk to us about the set and about how they enjoyed it. Had you gigged at all in 2019? Fired that? No. Uh, the, the, the band is sort of... Uh... Like that that was sort of the rough period with uh, the whole recording of the album and stuff and we were sort of in a bit of a hiatus th- at that time and Yeah, no, the uh, album had been recorded, but like things just kept happening in our lives, it just kept postponing everything and we just didn't have time or motivation, you know? Okay. Like that that, that kinda changed with this album coming out, you know, it kinda gets brought our sparks back because we were very like very close to just calling it quits and but we just we just knew it just needed to be out and that we're glad that, that changed the way like features looking now, you know. Okay, so 2019 then obviously was a bad year for you. Had you lineup changes in that year, or was it previous? I think uh, all that year. It was. It was that year. We had yeah. lineup changes that year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our bassist went off to pursue other types of music, which we completely respected, and yeah. you know what? We we just parted ways for guitarist just over over personal stuff but we we known these new members for quite a while and they were always like talked about you know like joked about because we knew they were talented and we were yeah. also very good friends so it just felt natural that they filled the positions you know we, we, we were not a band that goes after people truly based on skill it, it's about how they can you know hang with the band and how, how fluid it feels yeah you know as a live entity then it's fairly <laughs> you're like a rare bird people haven't seen you much then really yeah yeah well, not the new us anyway. Not enough of yeah. us anyway. The, the event horizon here of Achilles has probably been seen by a lot, like a, a, a wide range of people, but I feel like this new one's going to be fresh. You know, it's, it hasn't been explored much, you know. And you're actively looking for gigs um, this year, lads, eh? Yes. Yeah. yeah we're, oh, yeah, 100%. We're into that. <laughs> our, our plan after like lockdown is to just um, start like, gigging as much as we did back in like 2016, 2017. And just become like a familiar face around the local circle again, and then maybe try and like move on to bigger stuff. But uh, we definitely want to get back to that point where we're gigging, you know, at least once, once twice a month. Like, so I mean, because like we were at that point, um, you know, for for, for a solid year, I would say, in, in twenty sixteen, like, um, so I, I think we just want to. I think getting back to that would be uh, priority one, and uh, just getting like just getting our names, you know, in all the magazine reviewers' mouths and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. that's where we want to be. We're really just trying to up the level with every aspect of the band with this release, you know, like looking into things that weren't possible before, Okay. you know, that this album has allowed us to do mm-hmm. and just try and like, we always talked about bursting back into the scene, not like, not, you know, fading in, like yeah. coming in with a bang. And like, I think that's our main focus at the minute. It's just making sure when we do start gigging again, people are like, wow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, lads, that's um, I'll do my level best for you anyway. Um, I'll try yeah, and get you down you. to Cork as well. Have you been? Oh, that'd be brilliant. That's actually a place we haven't been, but we really want to go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let yeah. me work on that for you. I'll, I'll try and get you down there, man. Be great to see you that down there. Notor- the notorious Fred Zeppelins. Ah, yeah. <laughs> We've heard so much about it. Like We actually have. 
you yeah. must be you must be one of a very few from Northern Ireland that haven't played there. But as I said, I'll rectify that. I'll sort that out for you anyway. Sounds great. That sounds great. Paddy, as a front man, more so than the rest, lads, it must be difficult not to fucking not to be playing in front of crowds, you know. And yeah, but do you know what? If anything, I would say I probably have the most trouble <laughs> playing in front of the crowds uh, okay. compared to the rest of them. Uh, just sometimes, you know, I feel a bit anxious, you know, like communicating with crowds and stuff. But uh, we, when we start to get into the set and get into the zone and stuff, you know, mm. it's all just, you just go with the flow and, you know. Yeah. But yeah, You have to enjoy yourself or else there's no real point, is there? Yeah. Like, you know, no, it's, it's what we tell it's, ourselves it's, before everything. Yeah, it's, it's something that we've discussed on the podcast before, you know, um, with Jack out of Carosa. And Evan out of worn out, um, just about kind of stage nerves and you know what state of mind should you be hitting the stage on, you know? And like some, we were saying like you know some guys, you know, obviously use drink as a crutch to kind of give them that, um, I suppose, courage, you know. And it definitely helps. <laughs> yeah, it does help. It does help. But sometimes, sometimes it's better to have a clear head if you are really nervous yeah. because you'll just end up making a fool of yourself. You know, you really need to be oh, yeah, in, in a good fact, state of yeah. mind and just it's, be It is a be balance, happy. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I don't definitely. think I've ever performed, you know, in a bad way. <laughs> I've definitely performed drunk. <laughs> I definitely have, like, but I don't, it, won't, it wasn't good, like. <laughs> so you have... I admire you for what you did, and um, for those listening to the show, definitely check it out. Uh, you recorded Oblivion under lockdown, and uh, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> That's a unique video, isn't it? <laughs> it is a unique video, yeah. I mean, again, is there any actually... Ahead of its time. Is there any <laughs> Easter eggs on that that people should know about? Uh I, I think the more you watch it, the more you pick up on little yeah. things. Yeah, you know, we all made an effort things. to make it really stupid, you know? Because like, <laughs> if we made this, tried to make this look serious in any way, people are just going to be like, that is so lazy. But if we purposely make it like ridiculous, it, yeah. it, it could be its own thing, you know? Yes. Yeah, but I even t- recording I t- that video, it was what? very strange because, you know, you know, setting up the camera yourself and thinking like everyone who's going to listen to this is going to see my room. You know, yeah, like everyone's gonna see like a wee pocket in the, each of our lives. You know, yeah, so it was just very strange and personal that way. You know, yeah, no ironing boards or underwear anywhere in display. Yeah, I, checked, no, so I, I, I was wearing my pajamas. You know, I had a house coat on and was using a tenor links for a microphone. Yeah, that was brilliant, man. I was actually like, I was dressed a lot more like, like you know, better looking and stuff. And I was sitting there, and Patty like rang me and was like, "What are you wearing?" And I was like, uh, "I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt." And he was like, "No, no, don't do that. Don't don't use your guitar either. Just just find something else." And I just had an inflatable guitar. I was like, right, "Yes, okay. the inflatable guitar." And then guitar was we brilliant. all just committed at that point to just looking stupid, and it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Steve, you, it looked like you were playing kind of pizza plates or something. What the fuck that was. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, like, I had like spare drum heads and old cymbals and I just put them on the table in the shape oh, of a right, drum okay. kit <laughs> because like my actual kit is like we're in, like, in our practice room so I can't really get out to it so I just put like old heads and like broken like cracked cymbals on the table and it was actually very very fucking loud like my mom <laughs> uh, video me and she said like people were walking past our house calling what the fuck like <laughs> <I> mean, uh, <laughs> 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 
Classic, right? Uh, uh, I had a lesson too when I was at it, and that was awful. Ah, stop. Okay, that was, was uh, sound, but I couldn't hear the track over there. That was very unique. And um, as well as that, I suppose, like the team of Idle Hands, Idle Minds, is it still about kind of us heading for fucking oblivion? Like the, the single, like, you know, is it just like us not taking care of the earth and, you know, hmm. what? Well, with oblivion, yeah. I think some songs are more personal than others. Other songs are kind of more about the bigger picture. Other so- Some songs are about more like yourself and like uh, being your best self, I guess. Um, I- I- it's not like it's a concept album. Like it's sort of like each song kind of has a different feeling, although some of them are, are similar, if you get me. I do. That's, yeah. that's sort of the way. Yeah, you'll notice that like of all the songs on the album, Spectrum, Malevolent and Oblivion all have like, a similar vibe. That's yes. because they were originally written as a trilogy. Like oh, they were okay. supposed to be their their own like sweet chapter within Idle Hands, but we just decided against it because like the songs can stand alone themselves anyway. Like. It's it's funny those three are actually my favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're the heaviest probably. I'd say like yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And what about uh, Paddy? Were you involved in the lyrics side of it, or you know, I I wasn't as involved, you know, as much as I'd like to admit, uh, lyrically with that album that it was mostly uh Stephen and Dara. Okay. Uh I did I did uh pitch lyrics towards a few songs, you know, like Oblivion and actually I, I don't even really remember lyrics <laughs> 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 towards because there wasn't really much. Paddy, but, uh, it doesn't matter Oblivion, man, so. your vocal performance is fucking <laughs> outstanding and you know we can forgive him that like you know because yeah. as no, I said man like... that that fucking vocalist performance on that album man it's up there with the best i've heard this yeah. year anyway so yeah. fair play yeah well Thank when you. we wrote like the, the lyrics you know like we had like basic structures but it was actually part of you know fine-tuned them and decided what way he was going to do everything so you know without him it wouldn't really work anyway so it doesn't really matter you know? yeah. yeah exactly yeah we all it took us all to come together to, to create that the next time around like with the with the next album uh, i'm already giving myself a head start and like i want to put more of myself out there like so I don't want to just put my marines or talent out there I want to actually put my words out there as well so mm. I've already got a, a good head start on yeah. lyrics for okay for whatever's going to come next and of course I will be executed if I don't ask you about the name of the band <laughs> right everyone everyone always asks about this right and it's really not that deep but we had a gig, <laughs> we had a gig like coming up and it was our first gig and we were called Bermuda for the longest time at the start. And we looked up on Spotify, the name Bermuda. Great we decision, like, that's to get rid of that. Up. Yeah, so we looked it up and it, it, there was a metal band that was kind of similar to our genre at the time and we we're like, we can't just be the same name. Like that's yeah. going to get really confusing if we ever do get anywhere. So our gig was coming up and they said, lads, you need a name for this poster. Like, or else you're just going to be on as like random band or, or whatever, you know, this, we wouldn't be on the poster probably. So I was sitting there watching Troy, you know, the movie of Brad Pitt. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the No, I don't. No, happening. I didn't. Never seen it. <laughs> no? Fucking, well, I, I was watching the end and scene and it just came to mind. He got shot in the head with an arrow and I was like, you know, Achilles. And they were all like, nah, 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 it's shit. And then we were like, right, okay. And then we, we talked about other things. And then I was like, I, I, for some reason, I kind of like that, lads. And they were like, it's, right, it's smooth. The more you like, it's all right. And then we're just like, fuck it. We don't have time. Let's just do it. And yeah. we can change it after. But it just stuck. Okay. 
And yeah. I just want to give one other shout out to the, um, what's it called? The guy who de- designed the art framework. Oh, Hugo Day. Hugo Day from Framework Designs. Really cool, lads. Really insane. cool album work. He's insanely talented. Like He is insanely talented. He's very easy to work with too. I, I would encourage like anyone who's looking for that kind of 3D art to go to him because not only is he very friendly, he's so he's so he's good at communicating. You know, like you know, like he lives in England and we're here yeah. in the north. And I mean, see, see especially with that artwork as well, though. especially with that artwork. Like we had such a very uh, specific, you know, idea of like what we wanted for that artwork, and we we spoke to a few people about. Uh, doing the artwork for us and people were sending us, you know, like rough sketches and rough work of what it was going to be and, you know, nobody was even getting close to what we wanted and yeah. Hugo, like, hit the nail on the head right away. Yeah. That's important and, I mean, it visually it, got, it's, it catches the eye straight away, you know. I had made a really cheap looking one. Yeah. Uh. I had made a wee, like, crappy looking one on a wee app on my phone and that like that was how like desperate we were getting to get someone to understand what we were trying to say you know and individually and he just took that and made it so dynamic and so beautiful you know you've seen it like it's it's i just love it like it is, yeah. it's a big yeah. contrast yeah, you know. like i compared to our, like a cover for event horizon like event horizon is just you know killies event horizon all that background yeah, it looks like black like stone wise or like a tile or something a bit more yeah. like black but like uh I think like we just wanted something colourful and like as you say, like eye catching, you know, like that I think that's like just you know, why we wanted it like. Yeah, we wanted to well I suppose like there is a message in the art as well because we always said that it was it was the, the whole idea was that it's supposed to be a guy representing the masses in a cage watching the light side of life just pass them by without okay, actually yeah. reaching for it. Right. And then the nice. cage is open behind him in the dark side of the piece, which means it represents that if he wants to go to the light, all he has to do is go through the cage. But he has to go through the dark to get to the light, which a lot of people won't do. And I think yeah. that's kind of the whole message of the album and every every song in its own way, that people just don't live up to themselves and what they want to do. Rather, they just play the part that they think they're supposed to have, you know? Brilliant. Okay. So that's it. That's that a good, explains idea, a good it summary. Well. It is, yeah. actually, yeah. So, lads, um, I'm going to leave you go. Um, thanks a million for coming on. As I said, um, I, I presume you'll be giving me a track as well for the podcast, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And uh, what were you going to say, Steve? I, uh, I just asked you. I would send you Stratosphere on Gmail. Like, Google Drive. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're going to use Stratosphere. Okay, that's great. Um, that's great, lads. And as I said, I promise I'll get you down to Cork. That's and, cool. Um, there's a lot going on down down our side. There's a siege. There's like Fred Zeppelin's. Yeah. There's a few mm. few uh, great venues around Munster, yeah. and they deserve to hear you being truthful. You know, um, Thank it's, you. A, Thank it's you. a brilliant Thank album. It's a brilliant album, and um, I will make sure everybody will get your links as well from the social media side. You're very active as well, which is always a great thing. I love seeing that in bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was one thing coming back. We just wanted to be yeah a proper band. You know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We wanted to be in your face, you know, <laughs> to make sure as much people, you know, were seeing everything possible, you know. Paddy, as a front man, you need to be in people's faces, man. And hopefully 2020 will see that come true. So you've been listening yeah. to Paddy, Dara, and Steve from Heat of Achilles. And uh, check out all their stuff. They are definitely back with a bang. And thanks again, lads. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.